1: morning and welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJ FM, 93.1 with yours truly Neville James. It is a beautiful day in paradise. It really is lovely outside. And uh, visibility ain't too perfect, but I could still see uh, slightly outline of our uh, western St. John, from my vista here on the second floor in the uh, WTJX building, Richmond, Aldersville, uh, St. Corey. Got a great show today, St. Uh Gonna be joining me uh, with some EPA folk and uh, uh, some Bronxfield people. They got workshops coming up, uh, so they're gonna talk with them. Uh, beginning at 8.40 and then 9.30, uh, respectively. But, uh... Uh, A quick conversation to start today with uh, uh, Dr. Gail James. Uh, It's the International uh, Women of Achievement. Um, I guess it's this October thing or this week or today. Uh, Good morning, uh, Dr. James. How are you?
2: Good morning. I'm fine.
1: Introduce yourself to the audience, if you will. I
2: didn't
1: hear you. Introduce yourself to the
2: audience, if you will. My name is Dr. Gail James. I was born and raised in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, and I am now live in Jacksonville, Florida. But I am the reigning Mrs. International Woman of Achievement, where I represented our territory, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and one, I am also an author, a speaker, international speaker, a pastor, a motivational speaker, and a business owner. I own. Heavenly Home, Sweet Home, which is a home health care agency in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and I own Virgin Islands Agency for Restorative Care, which is a mental health agency in the U.S. Virgin Islands.
1: What's your discipline?
2: Therapist. I I went to school for therapy, and I have my doctorate in Christian um, life and Christian counseling.
1: Okay. Went to school in St. Thomas?
2: No, I well, Ivana to Kent, after I leave Ivana Eudora I didn't go school here. The schools I went to were in Florida. Okay. What, um, grade, what, College. what grade did you leave uh, Eudora I stayed in the until I graduated in 12th grade. I graduated with class of 1990.
1: So I was asking if you graduated from high school in the Virgin Yes, yes. Okay. I graduated with class of 1990. Hurricane Hugo here. Yes. Okay. And then you moved to Florida.
2: Yes, I moved to West Palm Beach at first. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was uh, my oldest child was born two weeks before my high school graduation. Oh, really? She was born. Yeah, she was born prematurely. I was only six months pregnant, so she was the only two pounds at birth. Wow. So wow. that, because of that, I had to be shipped over to Puerto Rico with her for four months, and they try to get her to do stuff. So I needed medical help for her. So that was the reason I actually left the U.S. Virgin Islands was to get medical help for her because she has cerebral palsy. She's can't. She's never walked. She's still in a wheelchair and she's still in diapers. But you know what? She's alive because they said she wouldn't actually live past one.
1: Wow. So she's 33 years old? Yes, she is. Wow. And you've been living in Florida ever since?
2: Yes, I've been in Florida. I was in West Palm Beach at first, and then I moved to Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. But I come to the Virginals every month to look over the businesses because I have an office in St. Corey and an office in St. Thomas, both for the mental health and the home
1: health. Okay. Okay. So you've been, uh, went to college in Florida?
2: Yes, yes, I did. I went to Palm Beach State College. I got my bachelor's there. I got my associate's at Kaplan College, and then I got my master's and my um, doctorate at Saint Thomas Christian University.
1: You got your undergraduate. Where, where'd you where'd you get your undergraduate at Kaplan?
2: Um, Kaplan College was for the AA, mm-hmm. and then. The bachelor's was from Palm Beach State College.
1: Palm Beach State, okay, okay, okay. Well, you have to be commended, commended for that. So, tell me about the the International Woman of Achievement, uh, accomplishment. Um, how was, how was that structured?
2: Yes, um, actually, I wrote my book um, from the pit to the palace, and it became a number one bestseller. And what? eventually happened was I started getting out there with my publisher and my team pushing me out there. And someone nominated me to this pageant that happens in, in Los Angeles every year, International Woman of Achievement. And so they called me and they was like, well, well can you represent? And I was like, well, I'm going to represent. And they was like, well, they say you're from the U.S. Virgin Islands. I said, yes. And the young lady that owns the pageant was like, we've never had the U.S. Virgin Islands represented. Let's do it. And so I represented our home, U.S. Virgin Islands. There was a cultural segment. I had an outfit store with the madras uh, material. I also did the fun and fitness with a carnival costume and evening wear and then uh there was a portion where I talked about my island and I won.
1: Where 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 was this at?
2: This was in Los Angeles, California.
1: Oh wow, that's nice. That's nice. When when was this?
2: This was the twenty from the twenty first to the twenty fourth. And I got a uh, I got a certificate from the mayor of Long Beach, California.
1: This was uh, last month in September?
2: Yes wow. yes.
1: wow, 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 that's that's awesome. How many contestants um, were, were in the... Uh,
2: in country? my division, yeah. I went against four other women.
1: Okay. I went against
2: Miss Haiti, Nigeria, Haiti, Nigeria, um, that, um, North America, North America, and someone else. But yeah, I went against four others. So you were that you were in the, in the in the
1: you were in the international grouping?
2: Yes, they put us in international. Which I was kinda you know how we do do. Mm-hmm. Like since I was in the US, why am I in international? But I was like, Okay, if y'all wanna call it international, let's
1: do it. <laughs> okay. Oh well, well you get it wrong, so you know you can't tell yes. you can't tell people how to run their thing. If they want to run it like that, so be it, don't know what I mean. Um yes. so, so where 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 are you gonna be going? Uh, over the next year? What are you going to be doing? uh, As as I
2: have have a lot of speaking engagements. I just launched my own TV show. And with the book becoming a bestseller, number one bestseller, actually that was the second book because I was in the anthology with 21 women to watch from the U.S. Virgin Islands, Passion and Purpose. I was one of the women in that book. And so after I did that, I launched my own book, became a number one bestseller. So now I have speaking engagements all across the world. I've been to London, Africa. I'm going back to London again next year. I have been nominated for a presidential award in December. I have to go and to that event and get that award. And um, I just launched my TV show. And my story is about to become a movie. Oh really? I'm in the process of doing it. Yes. Oh, that's it's awesome. The story of my, of my life in the book, from the pit to the palace.
1: From the pit to the palace. Who's the publisher?
2: Publisher is Kalisha Berry, um, from Stride Publishing, and she also owns Courageous Woman magazine, which I was I was um, fortunate to grace the cover of that magazine, as well as Kish magazine. I was I was able to grace the front cover.
1: What, what, when when did this part of your life take off where you got into um, being an author and writing a
2: book and becoming famous? I think after I really decided I was going to do the book. Once I did the 21 Women to Watch Anthology, that the same publisher that did that, Felicia Berry, I got with her. And I was like, I want to just do my book. I have it written up already. My story is, is really traumatic. And she took the book, and she was like, "Okay, I can do it." And after that, that was it. So the book launched September fifteenth of this year. It became a number one bestseller September eighteenth, which is my birthday, and it's been taken off from there.
1: Okay, that's good. So you're gonna be an international figure. Are uh, you excited about that?
2: Yes, yes, yes. Because I think I think I get to expose people to our island. A lot of people don't know or what they know is not accurate and so i am very fortunate to have to be able to let people know who we are what we do and we're here we're here and good things come from the u.s virgin Islands.
1: without a doubt without a doubt so so talk a little bit about uh your take on uh uh mental illness and homelessness in the territory
2: all right. Mental illness is very dear to my heart, which is why I have the whole the mental health um, piece peace in the US Virgin Islands. Because I went through some of in the book you in the book you see where I went through so much trauma and was a survivor of domestic violence. I tried to kill myself twice. And so as a teenager, mind you, and so I feel like I want to be in the U.S. Virgin Islands, what I didn't have when I was here and going through. So when I was being beat up and kidnapped with a 12-gauge gun and a 9 millimeter, all of that stuff, I didn't really have anybody because the people that I knew went to the police. They put a restraining order. Oh, well, we're going to just talk to him. So I wanted to be that voice for the voiceless. The people that feel, I don't know what to do. I don't have no place to go in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I want to be that person. So I right now, my agency, my nonprofit agency in the U.S. Virgin Islands, has a contract with Women's Coalition, and we have a contract with Family Resource Center. So we help victims that has been through trauma by giving free counseling or getting them somewhere that they could stay. If they can't stay on the on the island and be safe, I assist them with getting them off the island. And I feel like mental health in the territory is very necessary. We need to stop throwing people in jail because they have mental health problems. We need to stop just throwing them somewhere. We need to really deal with the root of the problem so they can start the healing journey.
1: No, no, no that's awesome. So you have do you have data and, and, and all that stuff, uh, to uh, substantiate your positions?
2: Oh yes, yes, yes. When I looked up I think it said well with, I know I looked up the childhood sexual abuse and childhood sexual abuse with is prior trauma, it was it was like seventy percent of the the individual female. No, they just say female here. They've been through that trauma, but they don't speak about it. And so it was okay for me to become uh, a voice because once I told my story, I could not. It's just so many people from the U.S. Virgin Islands that reached out to me and tell me their story. And and do the same thing. Just
1: th- that, that's what I was going to ask you if, if you, if you saw a lot of similarities with the stories that you heard.
2: Oh, yeah. I have people that I went to school with from seventh grade that we live houses apart and was going through the same thing I was going through at the same time. And none of us knew each other was going through that. And once I tell my story, I mean, it's always somebody else. Every time I look around, someone else is saying, you know, Dr. James, I went through that too, you know. So to me, it's just great to be able to give them a safe place to talk.
1: That's awesome. We're talking with Ms. Gail James, uh, Dr. Gail James, I apologize. She is currently an international woman of achievement. Um, won this competition uh, in, on September 24th uh, in Los Angeles uh, as a Virgin Islands contestant. And uh, of course, you know, there's a, uh, segregation, for the lack of a better term, um, recognized, looking at her and recognizing her as an international contestant as opposed to an American contestant, but is there, is is their there business? Uh, we'll respect the rules of how they set it up. And she's also an author from *The Pit to the Palace*, um published by Prey Publishing, and uh, she's now going to be making making her rounds uh, internationally uh and to be commended representing uh, the Virgin Islands. So. Are uh, you excited about uh, the next year, next immediate future?
2: Very, very excited about educating individuals on who we are and that that this is an amazing place. We come from an amazing place. And just letting people know that, you know, taking away the myths, the myths the myth that we are a, a foreign country, all of those things, And so I'm very excited to go uh, travel the world to let people know about the U.S. Virgin Islands, this amazing place that we call home.
1: And you're also the founder of uh, Sanctuary of Change, which is a nonprofit organization uh, working to uh, bring solutions to survivors of childhood sexual abuse and domestic violence. Yes.
2: Yes. And with that, I also... Um, that one is in the States, but I also assist with women in the U.S. Virgin Islands. If they need to leave, I have a safe exit plan from an abuser, I would take them from the U.S. Virgin Islands to the States where they can be safe because, as you know, our islands are too small.
1: Okay. Well, um, Ms. James, we want to congratulate you on uh, for not only being successful but representing the Virgin Islands. Uh, as an international, as the uh, international woman of achievement, um, want you to be safe, have fun over the next year um, while uh, you, you're making your tours. Uh, you're not only representing us as as a queen, but you're also a personal author and uh, a representative a ambassador. So, uh, wishing you well in your travels. I
3: Thank you so much. So, I thank you so much, and it
1: was a, I thank you for the opportunity. No, no, and uh, Devil Rays. Once again, I got a lot of listeners who went to high school over there in, in Nazareth, who like to, to let me know that uh, Devil Rays running things. So, congrats on behalf of the Duracan yes, Devil Rays. Yes, Devil
2: Rays for
1: life. <laughs> Nick Friday, Nick Fridays uh, for for Jamban is a, is a, is one of the famous uh uh Uderican, uh alumnus. Uh, so I'm a good friend Clifford Graham and some others as well. So uh, you know, it's all good. Rufus Tom Muller, will walk. So, uh, nice talking to you. Uh, looking forward to uh, hearing uh, good things about you over the next year and beyond. Dr. Gail James.
2: Thank you so much, and you enjoy
1: the rest of your day. You too. That's uh, Dr. Gail James, International Woman of Achievement uh, winner, uh, representing the Virgin Islands uh, in a competition out there in Los Angeles. And we definitely uh, like the fact that, uh, you know, putting the Virgin Islands on the map. You know what I'm saying? So, in that respect, uh, it's all good. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back, uh, go over some other stuff. And then, uh, looking forward to talking with General Bain and company a little bit later in the hour. Be back right after this.
2: With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Ayesha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune
3: in to Weekend Edition from NPR News.
0: Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
4: WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Cultureman Silkat. Early bird tickets go on sale beginning Monday, October 16th through Tuesday, November 14th. Tickets will be available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or Call 340-774-6255 or 340-690-7293. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, Antilles School, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, and the VI Housing Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.
1: So I'm thanking uh, Dr. Gail James for joining us uh, to start the show and congratulate her on her accomplishment uh, winning the uh, International Woman of Achievement uh, International uh, division uh, out in Los Angeles uh, late last month. You know, yesterday, uh, we had the table talk, and we spent a lot of the, a lot of the, the first part of the talk about uh, what's taking place in the Middle East, and you know the more information we're getting. From uh, that part of the world, or you know, disturbing and painful it is to process uh, what's taking place. Of course, Um, I haven't heard of any Virgin Islanders who happen to be uh, over there. Uh, The American number is now 25, according to the Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken. uh, he's speaking from Tel Aviv this morning and Secretary Blinken now says 25 Americans have been killed in the Hamas attacks uh, on Israel and one of the things that we I didn't get to mention yesterday was we actually had a US Senator from New Jersey, Cory Booker, and um, a congressman, Dan Goldman from New York, were actually in Israel at the time of these attacks, of course, they, you know, they got out but um, um, what we're hearing with respect to uh what Hamas did uh to human beings and babies and children and it's, 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 it's the sickest thing that I've ever, you know, seen, you know. Um uh next to nine one one. Uh is it, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh the Secretary of State um, um had a joint uh, conference this morning, press conference with um, um Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister. That situation there is ugly. I saw a clip where a, um, a member of his, uh, parliament, um, and apparently she did not run, uh, as a member of the Likud party, but she joined them to help, um, uh, make a majority because you know, they got, uh, they got a parliament system over there, Westminster. Um, and, uh, there was a situation where, um, this, um, let me see, what's her name? Edith Silman is her name, right? And she's part of the Knesset government, right? She was at a hospital yesterday trying to console somebody who was there. Um, and a doctor came out and ran her, told her to leave the hospital, leave the area and blamed her for helping to put um Netanyahu and his uh coalition in power. And it I mean it was well, you know, and I know, you know, people are going through different phases of um, you know, rage and all that. But um this was I mean this and this this was unbelievable. You know and, and she left, you know, um apparently um according to somebody who was translating what the doctor was saying, right? They said, Silman brought down the Bennett government in a dispute over Chametz in hospitals. She quickly turned around and joined Likud and was given a ministerial post as a reward. Many people hold her as partially responsible for Netanyahu's return to office. Now, of course, you know, when you're in power and things like this happen, there are those who are going to be asking for you to resign and all that, and Netanyahu is mm-hmm. dealing with that right now. Uh, dealing with that, you know, political dynamic. But in real time, a lot of things are going on. Apparently, uh, Israel um, um, bombed two airports in Syria. Right? Uh, hold on there. I was just reading this here. Uh, it, it's just wild uh, what's going on over there because they're in retaliation mode, you know. Uh, Israel strikes Syria's Damascus and Aleppo airports, right? Uh, area, it, I mean, Israel—they—they they ain't playing that one or something. This is biblical justice going on over there. On the last number I read, it said over 300 um, Hamas children have been killed, right? In the retaliation. So this—this this is what going on. So uh, uh, one more thing, and then uh, apparently um, the former president, um, President Trump, uh, was in. Palm Beach last night and uh, apparently he has riled up many Americans because uh he was praising Hezbollah they call Hezbollah smart and said now nah, Netanyahu let him down and that he would never forget it apparently Netanyahu is not supposed to um, you know have any kind of communication with the current president um, because of what um, um the former president Trump did by moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem so because Trump did that for him, how dare him communicate with the current president? That, that's the kind of paranoia that, that we're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the more we hear, and it looks like this, this one ain't gonna done no time now. And that's sad, you know, and, and we got to pay attention to that. Because we can't ignore that uh, our brothers and sisters uh, from the Middle East, whether it be Jewish or Arab, right? they have a presence here in, in the region and in the Virgin Islands. And uh, I don't want you to think that I can, you know, host in a local show and ignore the realities that we're dealing with. You know, I got you know, good uh, good friends. I grew up, you know, I went to St. Dunstan. I mentioned the Saleh uh, family yesterday. Uh, uh, we went to school together in uh, St. Dunstan's. Uh Samir, I just saw him for the first time in like 25, 30 years. Uh, I was in Home Depot with my mom's. Uh, earlier this summer, and I saw Samir there. and You know, this, you know, he lost his brother, he had a brother named uh, Munther, and he was um <clears throat> senselessly killed um at a gas station right there by the Grove Place corner the took of the consumer gas station and uh, they robbed him and, and killed him and uh, that 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 totally devastated the family <clears throat> because he was the nicest person he was a giver you know what I'm saying even the, the folks and, and, and of course everybody know who did it. I think the person actually, he's, a, he's actually dead now, got himself in some other trouble. But that hurt that community, the people who live in that area. Uh, you know, we're a small community, you know what I'm saying? Because they know of, of his generosity and they couldn't believe it, you know. and This, this is the kind of craziness um, that's going on, you know. So we got to be cognizant of uh, what's taking place, not only uh, next door, but, you know, on island in the region. This part of the world you know, and other parts as well, because uh, things uh, can spill over. But in the end of the day, you know, we we talking, you know, we want peace, you know, peace and love run things, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, this this matter. But you know what they did to these innocent women and children. And then oh, here's something else that that uh, I didn't mention yesterday. Uh, you had Hamas uh, folks that were bragging, saying that this was two years in the making. This planning went out for this for two years. I mean, and so so pretty much you're saying now, uh, you know, you, you you're rubbing it in the face, you know, you know of, of, of what you accomplished on Saturday, and and while you're doing this, your people are under you know intense bombardment. Now I know. Um, one of the arguments is that you know well you know what sense it make for us anyway. And I spoke about this um, when I mentioned uh, I I was watching an edition of uh, Hardball back in the day when Chris Matthews uh, said he went to Palestine. And the concern then um, was um, young people signing up to be suicide bombers, Palestinians, right? Uh, And uh, one of the things that they said was, you know, if we're going to die anyway, I might as well you know go out in a in a blaze of glory the sense of hopelessness, and I'm telling you when when, when hopelessness um set, in, you know that's when you got big hands on. You know what I'm saying uh, and uh but you know, what about the children man you know you know to see uh, they, I said, just saw one photo there where a a, a, a little baby lost her whole family and they have a picture of her on a bridge uh, walking there Um, wow this is this is wild you know and uh, yeah I'm reading it now on the Times of India they said uh, Israel attack was planned for two years and less than five leaders know about it according to a senior uh, Hamas official Ali Baraka and they said Iran uh, remains Hamas' primary and political financial supporter, right? And, uh, and he explained that Hamas had deliberately projected a rational image to the world, focusing on governing Gaza while secretly plotting the massive attack that thrust the region back into war. Of course, we made them think that Hamas was busy with governing Gaza and it has abandoned the resistance altogether. All while under the table, Hamas was preparing for this big attack. Hamas' strategic placement of headquarters in civilian areas, including hospitals and residential neighborhoods, aims to maximize civilian casualties in, retali- in retaliatory attacks. You, you hear that there? You know, aims to maximize civilian casualties in retaliatory attacks. So basically, we're telling the 2.3 million people who live in that region, get out. I know it's home and all that stuff. But get out of that place, man. That is hell on earth. I'm sorry to say it. But when your leadership and Hamas, you know, they lead by intimidation, right? They haven't had an since 2005, right? It's telling you, right, that they are setting up hospitals, and residential neighborhoods, right, in civilian areas, <clears throat> right, right, to maximize casualties in retaliatory attacks. In other words, they're doing things knowing that Israel got retaliate, you know, and Hamas instructed civilians to stay put, adding to rising tensions in the region. See, that's the intimidation aspect there, you know, so... Wow, it's unbelievable yeah, in 2023 that um, we can achieve peace. And then, and and, I, and, I, and I'm gonna be very, you know, very frank. Uh, attorney General Henry is correct. Hamas going do what Hamas want to do, right? But when they look around, and they see the world in turmoil, they see countries with all these resources, you know, having leadership issues, governing issues. <clears throat> You know, they figure, you what the hell? Excuse my language. What the heck? You know, let's 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 announce our presence. Let's do something. And when you got a president, you know, who, or a presidential candidate who was a former president, heaping praises on terrorist groups like Hezbollah, you know, with a bad chip just because, you know, they want to, you know, Gain political attraction, you, know, you know, down the stump. Let me spin things to paint the picture a certain way. In the end, you can't win. You might win the battles, but you're going to lose the war. You know, and uh, hopefully, you know, we could, you know, peace, could reign supreme uh, in due time. You know what I'm saying, so <clears throat> you know, I'm a sports junkie. We're gonna pivot now, and uh, my Yankees. We didn't make the playoffs this year. First time we didn't make the playoffs since 2016. A matter of fact, we barely, we barely um, had a winning record to extend our consecutive years of having a over 500 record to 31 years, right, from 1993 to now. And uh, I've been watching uh, the baseball playoffs, not with the intensity like I normally do because, you know, my team may make it this year. And there were four series in the wild card round, and now we're in the division round. And then uh, beginning on the weekend or or early next week, we're going to get to the league championship series, and then the week after that, we'll get to the um, World Series. Or 10 days after, depending on how long that lasts. All of the series in the Wild Card run were won two games to none. <clears throat> in, this, in this division run, two of the series ended in a 3 nothing sweep. Texas swept Baltimore three games to none. The Texas Rangers over the Baltimore Orioles. And last night, the Arizona Diamondbacks swept the Los Angeles Dodgers three games to none. Houston also advanced last night. They, they knocked out the Minnesota Twins, uh, three games to one, and uh, the Philadelphia Phillies lead the Atlanta Braves. Um, two games to one and game four is being played tonight. The three most popular teams in the Virgin Islands are the Yankees, the Dodgers and the Braves, right? All of them well, two of them gone, and, and the Braves hanging on for their life. But what is very disturbing, as a sports fan, is I'm seeing a a, a, a godlessness where there's no fighting back. Once they start losing, in in turning this thing wrong and winning, all four series in the wild card division, two to nothing, not one of them went to the bullet game in a in a, in a best of three series. Dodgers win a hundred games in a regular season, got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks, who win eighty-four games. The Orioles went over a hundred games in a regular season, got swept by the Texas Rangers. Matter of fact, the, the three teams from the American League East that made the playoffs. The Rangers, I mean the, the, the Orioles, the Devil, the Tampa Bay Rays, and and the um Baltimore uh no, no. Toronto Blue Jays. None of them ain't win a single game in the playoff, man. 0 and 7. They really let on the, the division. <clears throat> so, as a Yankee fan, as an American League East fan, that's embarrassing, man. We didn't win a single game. Three series 02, 02, and 03. Back in the day, then I used to take place, my teams used to show some heart, some fighting. These guys are gutless now, man. You hit them and you hit them one, 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 one uppercut and they're balling for their mother. Like we just said on here. Come on, man, show some fight. So for the Braves fans, I got one more chance tonight. Fight a little bit, man. I got Bryce Harper knocking two home run. Castellano knocking two home run. It's one of the first times ever a, a, a team had two players knock home run in the same game. Arizona Diamondbacks hit four home runs in one inning last night. Setting record and all that stuff. Show some fight, man. You know what I'm saying? But I can't blame Ayuk. At least i make the playoffs. I'll take a break. Hopefully we we'll come back. I so no being gonna be joining me. Along with uh, Terry Wellesley and uh, Shanine Mitchell. Be back right after this.
2: Sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Rena Duras, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy. So take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe.
0: Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.
5: As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News weekday afternoons.
0: From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.
1: We're back here and analyze this, and you know, I was just you know, talking with my engineer. and He brought up a good point, you know, uh, in, in the playoffs, man, particularly in baseball, you need good pitching in the playoffs, my son. And the Dodgers starting pitching really let them down, in particular. You know, in game one, they had Tate and Kershaw and Wong. he gave up six runs, and he didn't even make it out of us. And then one out, he gave up six runs last night. The fella Lance Lane, he gave up four home runs in the same, and Right uh, In the Braves game, they they, um, they allowed the Phillies to score five runs with two outs. They were leading one-nothing. Nut, one Castellano tied up the game one-nothing. They got the two outs. Next thing they score five more runs. Take the heart right out, of it, right out of them. When I was younger, baseball, like that, mister. Seriously, pitchers used to force ball. You come play half time with hard to score runs. Pitchers used to force ball in these hitters nowadays maybe it's fatigue maybe maybe the modern day athlete uh just doesn't have the constitution to to play elite baseball during a regular season and then uh perform uh in the playoffs or maybe this is just an anomaly and uh teams are just hot sometimes that happens man you know what I'm saying a team get hot um a trend takes place and the next thing you know you're done for nothing and they in the and you're playing catch up. You know, rough. But, you know, you, you, the thing about it is, you know, in sports, there's winning and there's losing. And character, right? That's what Tom Landry said uh, back in the day when, when the Cowboys had, uh, came into the NFL and they were losing for the first three or four seasons. He was saying, he said, you know, um, I really wasn't worried so much about the losing. Because losing in principle builds character. My concern was that the players would lose confidence in their abilities because they were losing. You know what I'm saying? And there's a distinction there, intangibles. And uh, I said, uh, once they started winning, right? I think the Cowboys, uh, they lost like for five years in a row. And then once they started winning, they had 20 consecutive winning seasons. That to me is... Remarkable In football in particular, the violent physical sport it is. But just in general, as it relates to sports, you know, you got the bunks back, man. I know this is two years where the uh, the Dodgers have had great regular seasons uh, winning 100 games and getting knocked out in this wrong. but go fight back, man. I'm saying? That's what we're talking about. Now, I don't know if Zeno Bean going to be calling in or he going to come to the studio. Um, we're going to fight you know, a little bit, but I'm looking forward to talking with Zeno. You know, he actually works for the EPA. He, he's a he's a St. Croix uh, native. want you not know. we? I ain't sure if, I, I if he actually banned me. I, I believe so. But, you know, he went to school, went to Good Hope and all that stuff. Uh, he works for the EPA. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll find out what's going on uh, with Zeno Bean. Because when uh, they came here, remember now we got the situation with the refinery and uh, public health is uh non-negotiable you know as it relates to protecting you know the well-being of the community so um hopefully gonna give us an update i, I don't know if we're i'm talking about the Bronx Fields. i know that i had uh, i had the fortune of uh, passing Bronx Fields legislation uh, back in the day i had uh worked with um clan clanisha clanisha pell at Department of Planning and Natural Resources, and we went to a Brunsfield, uh convention up in Detroit back in 2008. And you know, Brunxfield, you know, uh, once once uh, a locale has been identified as contaminated, you know, you get to work uh, cleaning it up and and repurposing it and all that stuff. And, and there's some values like when you close a gas station, you know, you got to remember with our gas stations, you go. You know, um a lot of environmental stuff there where you um you know, you get dealing with gasoline, you know what I mean? And um once you close that gas station that becomes that's, that's like an automatic Bronx feel. Right. And go clean that up and you know, all that's I'm uh, looking forward to talking uh with the EPA. Uh uh, uh what have you, but it's unfortunate, uh the times we're living in now, you know. <coughs> it was taking place over there in the Middle East and the turmoil and then people uh, asking you to 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 pick one side and no 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 no. I am a side of peace. Right. I can't be looking at sixty years old in another five months and and in the name of defending my land want to deprive children you know of the ability to get where I'm at that is a selfish you know mentality I when I hear in uh, decapitating children I mean just the thought of that is 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 it's mind, mind-boggling mind you know this this thing you know and, and now you're reading it where they're saying you know you know maximizing casualties in anticipation of retaliation you know if that's the case man get out and and, and Ronnie Russell uh, made a, a very good point yesterday you know I'm when he said, you know, the reason why they leave ain't just about money, man. They, they don't want to be a part of that life. You know, and our only hope is that you know, the radicalization don't extend to these parts. Okay? But you uh, made a good point. Said a lot of the reason why they left over there wasn't limited to economics. A lot of them left during that time frame because they don't want. To grow up to want to cheer on them to grow up in that ravaged, torn environment, and he's absolutely correct you know and as flawed as we are you know we make mistakes and all that stuff we don't really condone that type of behavior, and that's what we're dealing with I believe we guys uh I believe we guys are not being no okay we got we got Shane Mitchell joining us. Uh, this morning, uh good morning, Ms Mitchell. How are you? Hello yes, Ms Mitchell. Shanee Mitchell, how are you
3: Good how are you
1: I'm good. Glad to have you on on analysis this morning.
3: Thank you so much
1: okay, go tell us about yourself.
3: Oh well, I am a life scientist with the u s Environmental Protection Agency. I started as an intern in the Brownfields Program back in 1998. Uh, I came on permanently in 2000, just finishing grad school. I serve as the regional Brownfields coordinator, so I work closely with other coordinators in the regional program and other regions. Um, I also work closely with headquarters, and I currently serve in the role as the Brownfields Job Training Coordinator. So it's been a great um, working in the job training program. I also serve as a project manager for several different types of grants. I also work as a federal liaison on our Brownfields Interagency Working Group. And this is where we coordinate other federal, state, um, local agencies to help communities with their um, um, Brownfields. And I also am part of the economic recovery support function team, serving as a sustainability advisor in the USVI. So I'm really proud of that. And we actually had our station at Sunny Isles.
1: Okay. Where, where are you from originally?
3: Oh, I'm originally from New Jersey. So it's uh, nice and cool. It's about 50 degrees here. So um yeah, really excited to have that transition from working in the northeast part of the US to actually being down in the Caribbean. So yeah, really excited about that.
1: Now, when you say Jersey, you know, there's there's two parts of Jersey. There's the New York City part and there's the Philly part. Where you from? Which part are you from?
3: <laughs> well, I would say most more, more towards the New York City part because our office, um, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, is based in New York City. So, it's easier to commute back and forth. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Bergen, where Bergen I reside.
1: Bergen County, Essex County, which one?
3: Oh, I live in Hudson County, actually. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, I live in Hudson County, but was born in Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, Patterson.
1: Okay, okay. That's off, uh, what, Route 21, Route 3, Route 17? Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes. Very that's, good. No, very that,
1: good. No, 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 no. That's my stomping grounds. I love, I love that part of
5: New
3: Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When
1: when I get up to New York, when I get up to New York, that's where I hang out. I hang out in Northern Jersey. Uh, we got Miss, oh, uh, okay. we got Miss uh, Terry we- Wesley joining us uh, as well. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. Well,
5: thank you well, good morning.
1: Oh, oh, you oh, and oh sir. I'm sorry. I apologize, sir, sir, Mister Terry Wesley. I apologize.
5: Oh. oh no! Please, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine to call me Terry. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And tell us about yourself as well, sir.
5: Well, yes, um, yeah. So my name is, I like just mentioned, Terry Wesley, and I work at EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, reaching Two, New York office. I hear you have uh, one of my uh, fantastic colleagues there, Shanine Mitchell. Yeah. Um, we work in the Brownfields program, mm-hmm. um, and she might give you a little, a little background on that. But I serve as the um, the section supervisor. Uh, with a great group of individuals that are passionate and really believe in helping communities revitalize their their, their you know properties and sites to bring them back to productive reuse.
1: No, without a doubt, without a doubt. I miss uh, Miss Mitchell. You have somebody else there with you, right? As well, because I heard oh, no. I, I heard no, because I heard someone else in the background. No. That's you alone. It's just me alone. Okay, okay, good. That's fine. I didn't want I didn't want to be disrespectful. I didn't know if you had somebody else there with you. So <laughs> so 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 we good. Now um and uh Zeno Zeno is gonna be joining us in a little bit. He's wrapping up some business. So he's gonna be joining okay. us. And he, he might be I think he's gonna be here in the studio. So uh this, oh, this should oh, be okay. uh a good conversation. Um Mr Wesley, where you from? You from the New York City area as well? So so yeah, my family we live in
5: central New Jersey, Somerset, not too close. I mean a little, it's a little
1: close to New Brunswick. Yeah. You're familiar with that area? Yeah, that's where um, mm-hmm. that, that's where the uh hold on there. Uh we, we where our, our young men used to go to uh there was a what we call that uh it's going to come to me. Something core. It's uh it's, it's, it's come coming to me. But a lot of our young men uh left here and went to uh job corps, job core the job corps in job corps is, in, oh, yes. a, a job corps is yes. in uh thank you very much Mr. engineer yeah the job corps is in new brunswick <laughs> they they have a they had a a, 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 a a campus there and a lot of virgin volunteers mm-hmm. went there so uh new brunswick is near and dear to a lot of virgin elders oh fantastic
5: that's that's fantastic yeah but i i, I was raised in brooklyn new york so Forgive me, I know I live in New Jersey but I but I I still have that Brooklyn feel going
1: on, you know. Straight from Brooklyn, <laughs> better known as Crooklyn. Never took insurance with Brooklyn's the borough. That's me. Does it. I like that. That's it. <laughs> no, that's uh that's awesome. Um but we're gonna focus today on Bronxfield, right? That's what we're doing with right now. Uh back in two thousand eight, right, the Virgin Islands um passed the Bronxfield revitalization and um economic development uh now uh, brownfield Re- revitalization and environment act right in 2008 i don't know if you're aware of the fact that we actually have local legislation that uh mm-hmm. that's that speaks yeah. to that uh, mm-hmm. And you're actually speaking to the sponsor of the legislation so uh, that's near and dear to my heart so uh so don't we're worry. so so we're good with that uh for those who are listening define uh what is a Brownsville location?
5: Mm. That, yeah, and, that's, and that is a great question. Um, many people are, like like I said, unfamiliar with the name, um, but particularly what a Brownfield site would, would, would comprise would be something in which you would, you know, in your community, you may say, like, there's an old abandoned gas station. It's been there for years and years and years on mm. a corner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, right next to a thoroughfare. <clears throat> and, and maybe, you know, for that particular site, it's been you know not being utilized, and people are not investing or reinvesting in that site to be brought back to productive reuse. Um, there may also be a, an old former mill, a paper mill. It may be also like a former um, rum distillery, like I was knowing you know, in Port, down in Puerto Rico in the U.S Virgin Islands. Those were you know available many, many years ago, and those have now been you know sort of put to the wayside, and no one is looking to invest in it. The thing about the Brownfields program that I would like to um, talk about is that, you know, sites like those, right, that, that have been sort of put to the wayside, but it's a, definitely an eyesore in the communities. What what we try to do in our program is find ways to which to help people through a variety of different grant programs, through a variety of, of technical assistance contract mechanisms that we have available to help take the fear out of bringing those those properties back to productive reuse. That is Conducting through site assessments, that is going out doing testing, on, and you know in the buildings or on the soil on the properties to then determine what's there, and then look towards perhaps maybe remediating or cleaning up those particular sites, and then getting it back to a certain standard to say you know what this place is now clean enough to place a new facility or a new affordable housing unit or something else that the community. Can benefit we want to see place there, so the
1: and more importantly, can benefit from it as well. So that's so that's, oh, that.
5: absolutely because so, so there will be a, uh, an immediate economic benefit, of course, that that, that course. that's made. But at the same time, there's an environmental benefit, right? Because many people are concerned with new places, or new factories, or or new businesses opening up on green fields or spaces that have that are that are natural that haven't been touched yet. But when you do that, now you have to now create the entire Infrastructure around it, maybe build
1: a road, bring in utility lines, all of the the developmental requirements that's necessary for a particular area. We're we're talking with um, Mr. Terry Wesley, uh, Ms. Shanee Mitchell. Uh, We're going to take a break, come back, pick up this discussion right after the top of the hour break here. I analyze this.
0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff or underwriters.
5: These days people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News.
0: From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.